look, this game has all the possibility of Georgia feasting on some some tech mistakes. And the thing I think that I like about hearing we practice this you know, winter, spring, summer, and then every week is that being ultra focused on this game means you're not you're probably not going to make the kind of mistakes that will allow you to lose this football game. So it's Thanksgiving week, and really that can only mean one thing around these parts. It's the Dogs versus the Jackets this Saturday. And we all know what's going on. Georgia is playing for everything. And Georgia Tech, well, they're playing to try to qualify for a lower-tier bowl slot. Famed Georgia writer and humorist Lewis Grizzard once wrote, crowing over beating Tech turkeys would be like mounting the head of a deer you ran over in your car. And that feels pretty accurate when looking at Georgia Tech this year. And yes, the Dogs have already dispatched 10 of their 11 opponents this year to set themselves up for something very special. But after that loss to Auburn a few weeks ago, there is zero room for error anymore. Turkeys or not, Tech and their offense will be a nuisance on Saturday. Georgia just has to run them over and get back to Athens and start preparations to win the SEC title next week. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 118 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today by my co-host, Tony Waller. Yes, just one co-host. Will has already begun his Thanksgiving holiday out of town, but do not worry. He phoned in his picks and some thoughts on the game, which you will hear later in this episode. So this is about 30 minutes of Tony and me discussing the 112th playing of good, clean, old-fashioned hate. And towards the end, we get into our picks of the national and SEC games of the week. So happy Thanksgiving to all of y'all. Let's get started. Hope you enjoy our preview of the Dogs versus the Jackets. This is the Georgia Georgia Tech kickoff show, and we are without Will Leach, unfortunately. Well, it's good for Will because he's spending time with family down in lovely Callaway Gardens down Overrated. in Georgia. No, it's nice. I went there this summer. They have a beach, a man-made beach, and some water activities, and it's great for two days. <laughs> Maybe Which is did. how long? Well, he'll be there until they're coming up Saturday morning to go to the Georgia Tech game. Um, you're going to the Tech game. I am. You're taking the boys. Who are you taking? I'm taking my wife. You and Jenny are going. Yes. Awesome. Jennifer's going, and then my sister-in-law and her boyfriend are going to go. My, my sister-in-law. It's my daggum sister. I don't have a sister-in-law. Well, my sister and her <clears throat> boyfriend, her gentleman caller, are going. Yeah, and, and funny thing, he kicked for Tech. He kicked what for Tech? He kicked a football with she, a uniform on. Wait a minute, she she's dating Harrison Butker? No, no, oh. no, no, no. He was he only is it had Butker, a, is that his name? he had a cup of coffee there, and then uh, he hurt his uh, hip or something like that, and then had to transfer to Florida. He sprained his glottis, something like yeah. that. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, he's a great guy. Did he get cut block in practice? No, he didn't get cut block in practice. This was back in the nineties. So uh, oh, okay, uh, but no, he's a good guy, and so it's going to be my sister, my wife, and him and me sitting in the Georgia Tech section. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there really is a Georgia Tech section in that stadium, is there? Well, I mean, I mean when it, Georgia plays there, there there's going to be a lot of Georgia fans here. You estimated over half, right? I so think it, I think it really might be conservatively speaking. That's twenty six thousand seats or thereabout. So it holds um, what fifty? Fifty one or two, yeah. three thereabout. Maybe a little more. I mean, uh, if there were forty at Notre Dame, there's got to be. 30 hold on Tech. hold on chad's gonna check out for us what uh bobby does you know, chad was the one that was uh eating the pretzel that guy week. he is just the worst um so yeah uh, so Kristen and i are going my buddy paul who joined us in notre dame is coming down for his annual game down here he's still never been to a game in is athens notre dame fan no that's ryan okay Paul is my buddy that I worked with at the University of Illinois, who's now a Georgia fan uh, because of, of our fandom. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say because of the podcast. 
Well, no, he's. I don't think he listens to the podcast because he's not awesome enough. Um, but uh, he is a he is a Georgia fan by association because you know Illinois football. And uh, his first, actually, his first Georgia game was a 2012 SEC championship game. He just on a like almost on a whim decided to come down for that game. It was like. Yeah, I'll come down. That sounds like a fun weekend. And it was. It was a great time. He's like, I, I didn't know college football could be this way. Of course, he, you know, he'd only been to he'd only seen college football on TV. It was anywhere close to that. That's always impressive to see it through someone's eyes who is a sports fan, is yeah. a college football yeah. fan, but has never been to an SEC game. Yeah, I mean, this guy's a huge, I can say this without Will here. He's a huge Cubs fan. Uh, he's a huge Bears fan. Uh, really is a very knowledgeable Bears fan. And probably thought he'd seen, like, oh, I've been to a World Series. I've been to an NFL playoff game. Well, this I've was before, 2012, way before the Cubs have been to World Series. I've been 100 years since they've been to World Series, though, 106 at that point. So, um, but still, he had, uh, he'd actually gone to a couple of Cardinals um, playoff games with, with me and some others when they were in the World Series all the time. So I'm, I'm saying that for Will to get Will back on the right, right track. Right, get him on track. Because he's yelling at the... <laughs> he is literally yelling he's as he is and, running through Callaway Garden on a funny. golf course, probably. But, you know, so my, my buddy Paul's, Paul's coming down. Of course, Wayne's going. Um, I'm Ball. Call him Ball. Um, and uh, we are actually probably sitting with UGA Carey. Um, so she hit me up, by the way. Thank you to Gadget Dog for making sure I had tickets. I appreciate it. I put out a plea on Twitter, and uh, somebody, somebody I have interactions with on Twitter Gadget. came through. Gadget Dog. Okay. So, sounds like he might have his own YouTube channel or something. Uh, he, I don't know. He is an IT guy, I think is the right way of putting it, um, based on his bio, his profile on Twitter. I just pushed a button on my computer, and it cut Tony off, so that's why you maybe heard a weird edit just happen. <laughs> I did not cuss this time. Yeah, we don't have to worry about Will, like, Telling horrible stories. Going on a rant. Oh <laughs> but yeah, so Bobby Wild Stadium holds fifty five thousand. That is they and they do not their seating is, is fairly generous. It is not like Nayland Stadium, uh, where they just basically erase the numbers and move them over. So it wouldn't surprise me with twenty between twenty five and thirty thousand people in there. I mean, look, it's still gonna be tech fans. They are playing you know, this is their this is their Super Bowl. You said that on Sunday. This is their Super Bowl. They like to beat FSU. They like to beat Miami. They live to beat Georgia. I mean, the entire the entire ethos of an existence of a tech fan is built around hatred of the University of Georgia. And I mean, a good example of that is you know, their fight song. And we 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 chant. You know, we now to chant at the end of uh, Glory Glory. You know, to hell with whomever we're playing, and you know the 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 canon of that, as as I learned, was the hell with George Tech. Well, you know, literally their fight song, which came uh, about in the twenties, was to to hell with Georgia. I mean, their greeting for each other, ours is "Go Dogs" and "Sickum." Theirs is "What's the Good Word," and you know, the hell with Georgia. So, um, I will never forget, and this is something that that I oftentimes talk about. I will never forget. Uh, when Uga died, and there was a great outpouring of joy, and I talk about my Southern Cal fan friend. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, by the way, starring Buck. Um, he doesn't like this either. He came to me and said, "Man, I'm sorry about that." I said, "Yeah, it's fine." He said, "He said tech fans are classless." I'm like, "Why do you say?" He's like, "They're making fun of the dog." I'm like, "Well, you know, it's tech fans." Well, he was he was more upset about. Georgia Tech fans making fun of Ugga dying than I was. I just expected, of course. You know, you have classless, you have classless cousins, folks that you don't, you know, you see every once in a while. It's Thanksgiving, they show up. You know, they they do bad things like drink bad beer and and you know they dump dump overstay the their welcome. overstay their welcome, dump the dump the RV tank out in the out in the yard, stuff like that. Uh, just no class, no no home training, uh, and I, I put Georgia Tech people firmly in that. 
all you have to do is think back to last year about them ravaging the hedges. And that really stuck in my craw for weeks. And, you know, a lot of people were just, oh, you know, it's just college kids being college kids. And we, there were Ben Jones was famously pictured with a piece of their turf in his mouth. But still, I, I, I kind of took umbrage to it because it just seemed like the, it went unfettered. And they were allowed to just pillage the hedges, whereas Tennessee had won an amazing game there last year on a Hail Mary. You didn't see them diving for it. So. No, I mean, and that tells you something. Yeah. Tennessee, fan, Tennessee fans and players have more class than Georgia Tech fans. Yeah, and, and it was also one of the main reasons that, at least publicly, that Nick Chubb gave why he wanted to come back. Yeah, it's interesting. He did. He was like, I want to, I want to, I can't go out. I mean, on it might have been just lip service, but it sounded good. And he probably does believe this. Probably not category one or two in his book. But it's definitely up there in the top five. Yeah, and the the interesting thing to me is that I think we're going to see a lot of Nick Nicholas Chubb. Um, How great was it that his last carry in Sanford was that fifty five yard touch? It was amazing. It was that run was so evocative of his sophomore year. Man, mm-hmm. he hit that corner. Well, he was running right towards you, right? You you sat in your normal seats. I mean, we were on the other side of the end zone. But he started. He came around that corner. I was like. He's gone. I mean, he literally, I was like, they don't have the angle to catch him. I mean, if he steps out of bound, they, they it's bound somebody's getting a cheap tackle, but he was just, he came around the corner. He looks fast again. Yeah, he looks fast again. And I have to say one thing about that play. It was a, as a beautiful job blocking for that play, as we've seen all season. CBS got the angle just right. They had the overhead cam. Uh, I, I went and back and watched some of the plays, and that was one of the ones I watched. Just a perfect inside-outside trap. With the tight end, I want to say it was uh, with Warner out there, just pushed his guy. Wynn pushed his guy 15, 20 yards down the field. It was really beautifully done. And, oh, by the way, that's exactly the kind of stuff we're going to see Saturday. You have to think, this is going to be a run-heavy game. Georgia has established themselves as the, you know, we're, we're run first, run always. And despite the talk of we're not going to win championships at 70-30, I have to think, Coach Smart and Coach Cheney are, are looking at this game. And it's like, Tech's going to try to shorten the game. I mean, they have. So, could this game literally be under three hours? Oh, it has great potential to be under three hours. I mean, we could be back, all of us could be at a bar somewhere drinking and watching the Iron Bowl by kickoff, easy by kickoff. I mean, with a, new, with a noon kickoff and a three hour game, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's only 55,000 people. I mean, I, we can, I mean it's not like you're well, clear. You still got Atlanta traffic. I mean, it's bad. Is it any worse with, with Tech Stadium? I went there on a Thursday night and sat there for 45 minutes on the connector. So that's why I try not to go back to Atlanta unless I have to. And I will be going to the game on Saturday. And so that kind of leads me to my next point. Just I know you've been kind of reading up on the storylines of this game, what they've said in practice. You know, I was really impressed with uh, Ben Cleveland's start yeah. this past weekend and shared a post on Twitter <clears throat> where it just showed him mauling his guy, him and Andrew Thomas on the right side. So yeah. maybe that opens up more to the right side since they did make that change with Solomon Kinley after the Auburn game. What have you heard in your online community? Because your online community is a lot different than mine. You seem like a little bit more in touch with it. What have you heard uh, coming into this game? Well, there are a couple of key things to watch out for. First off, uh, Georgia Tech's Red zone defense is abysmal. I mean, they're just. Um, you know, I heard Duke punted one time against Tech. Yeah, I mean, I think they're they're in the That's bottom. Duke. I mean, Tech is in the bottom like 
the rank ranking 115 120 so why are they so damn scary to me well there's there's two things a tech game's going to naturally be low scoring it, it's amazing to me i went back and looked at the game it's amazing to me that duke scored what 40 points on them and some of that was there were some turnovers that created extra point extra scoring opportunities with short field but look georgia 10 georgia and georgia tech uh, are both top 15 in time possession in the, in the nation. Uh, Tech holds the ball over 33, almost 34 minutes a game. At number, their number six, Georgia's 14th at 32 and a half or thereabout. So, you know, that means, you know, one of these teams not going to hold the ball half the game. I mean, traditionally you'll see 12, 13 drives in a game. Wouldn't surprise me. We see 10 each team at the most 10. Um, unless Georgia, of course, locks down Georgia Tech or, or Georgia Tech locks down Georgia, you could get in a situation where you see a few more. Um, but, you know, what is really scary about this game is the offenses are so different. When you look back at what happened over the course of the season, you know, Georgia Tech played uh, you know, some of their some of their best games were against some of their best teams, the best teams. I mean, they gave Clemson a pretty decent game. They gave Miami all they could handle, you know, but their, their losses have been to all the good teams on their schedule, with the exception of Virginia. Well, yeah, that's, that's interesting. At the time, Tennessee was was ranked pretty high. That game, you know, we watched that game at Will's house. That's right, we did. And, and Kristen was there too. Kristen was there, and it was a it was amazing that you know we thought that game was over at halftime, and, and Tech just I don't know if they let their foot off the gas. I don't know what they did. I I, I can't. I continue to cannot explain it. But they they were like eighty percent to win that game. Right, when you look at the advanced matrices, they were eighty, like seventy-six percent, I think, in, in Bill Conley's number to win that game. Every other game that they won, they are in the neighborhood of like one hundred percent, ninety-nine percent, one hundred percent. Even the Virginia game, which they lost by four points, they were sixty-five percent. On the other hand, the Miami game, which was a two-point game, they were twenty-two percent. They got a lot of turnover luck. We protect the ball. We don't make dumb decisions um, throwing the ball. Which you know we we, we we I think one of the game is is fair for Fromm. He's still a freshman. Yeah, and he um, was really eyeing down that left side. Oh, he just he he practically just pointed at the guy. Yeah. Those sorts of things can be a game changer when you're only talking about ten opportunities to get the ball, because it is hard for me to imagine we're going to go out there and score forty five points on Tech. Well, if we score forty five points on them, we I mean we really will house them and it'll be it'll be ugly. This feels like a game where it's going to be. I mean, last week you talked about the. Possibility has been a you know a game where it never never really feels close, but never really feels out of touch either. Uh, it has the potential to be, and it has everything to do with Georgia Tech and the offense they run. They are they are super ball control, grinded out, and you know essentially they set up to run. They set up, they set up the run with the run, and yeah. then they're going to sucker you in with a. Um, they're going to suck you in with a, a swing pass or a wheel route, or you know they're going to sneak somebody off, and just it just really requires very disciplined football. Um, especially on the part of your defense. Now, the one thing that I don't know if you've seen this, there's been a lot of um, bandwidth spent about Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia's been practicing for Georgia Tech even yeah, I read since, that on since the spring. Nation. It even said that Kirby hasn't even really been that cloak and dagger about admitting to it. Yeah. So what's what's really interesting about this to me is that you have to wonder, you have to ask the question, did Georgia underestimate Tech last year? Did Georgia not take them as seriously as they could? You know, this, this is good. That's a maturation on the part of Kirby as a – head coach to recognize the the profound need to win this game you know it's interesting uh, on the sunday podcast will said you know he, he doesn't think george tech is worthy of george's hate and i don't i don't disagree with that I, I i think that is probably the right place derision yes it is a big brother little brother thing and anybody that thinks it's not is either still living in 1990 or the 50s 
I, you know, look, I get, I get that Tech has won games. They've won, you know, two or three. And I do not downplay the fact that Georgia Tech was a better football team last year. They were better coached, and they came in and out coached us. They actually had. Um, Remind me how that we were up in the fourth quarter, right? We were. I think this. I think I have to go back and look to make sure I'm telling you right. But that was a game where because I was sitting there, I saw that last what, was the B back that made a great cut and scored the touchdown to win, um, and it was very similar to the game in Athens two or no three years ago with Hudson Mason at quarterback, where we had to go to overtime. Yes, yeah, that's exactly right. This the, this was the one where we gave up the long kickoff return. Or a punt return, maybe. I'm trying. To, I'm sitting here and trying to go back and look at the game. Yeah, the uh, 14 game was the squib kick. Yeah, that was seconds. the 14 game. You always kick the ball deep. Um, I, I'm trying to before people get too fired up at me. I'm sorry. I do not have a luminous knowledge of all of Georgia's games. Um, I have in person seen uh, what nine games this season. Um, well, so I can edit this to where it sounds like you just had it. All I'm all over it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Georgia through an interception. Through an interception uh, with about two minutes left in the game, and then they they basically they got the ball in the Georgia forty six yard line and drove down with about uh, three minutes left, scored a touchdown. We were up by six. We were up by six. It was twenty yeah. twenty seven twenty one, and we had been up more than that. We've been up twenty seven fourteen and gave up a long touchdown drive. And here is the thing about Georgia Tech that you have to watch out for is when when their offense is working, they're triple option works a lot like a West Coast passing game, right? I mean, it's visually very different, stylistically very different, but it's designed to exploit where you don't play disciplined linebacker play, uh, where you allow spaces in the field where they can put the ball in the hands of a playmaker and turn what should be a two-yard gain into a seven-yard gain. I mean, frankly, that is all a West Coast passing offense is, right? And, and but instead of hand the ball off to one of three guys, you're throwing the ball. The one thing that George Tech has done a lot this year that they have not or did not do last year is they've hand the ball up the middle a lot. This can require a very disciplined game on the part of Thompson and uh, you know Mathis and all those big guys in the middle. But it's also going to require a superhuman game out of Roquan Smith, which we think about it makes you feel pretty good, right? <laughs> And of course, it's going to require some discipline on the edges that we haven't shown. We didn't show in Auburn. Frankly, we didn't show in Kentucky a lot. Our outside linebackers have been pretty. Um, they've they've shown flashes, but have not been like truly stunningly good in four or five games. Well, you can't freelance against Georgia Tech. You cannot freelance. I think that's exactly right. You can't freelance. Um, you know. You know. Of course, the you also get the added bonus. I mean, we were joking about the cut blocks earlier. Um, but you do get the added bonus of the cut blocks uh, because they do. I mean, Georgia Tech really does take a lot of they are, they take a lot of effort to do very technical blocks in a very technical way. How is that okay? I'm sorry to interrupt you. How is a cut block different than a chop block? Is that where you can't well, be engaged with two? Well, a, a chop. I'm sure a lot of people are confused, like I am, with that. I mean, a chop block. I, I think, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I think a chop block is technically either where you hit somebody who is from behind or already engaged. But there's also a clip where you hit somebody below the knees or a defenseless player. The problem with Georgia Tech is that it's like it's like a lot of holding plays. They're every every one of their their blocking style is such that every single play, if you really want to nitpick, you probably could call them, make the call. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to the point where people are officials just don't call it because it's you know we're going to call it every play, and we're suddenly going to start calling it every play the eleventh or twelfth game of the season, eleventh game for them. Um, so you know you work within the framework of knowing that's coming. The part about it to me that scares me is like 
we got to have everybody healthy for the game after this. Oh, and yeah. and we got to win this game. We have to win this game. We cannot. I mean, Scott, when's the last time you were there? When's the last time you went to Tech? It'd have to be like 99. Oh, maybe. it's been that long. Wow. Yeah, okay. and that was the first, and we won because we've been <clears throat> winning there at Bobby Dodd since 99. Since 99. Okay. Um, the thing, I, I, I saw a lot of people saying they didn't want an 8 o'clock game. And I'm like, why don't you want an 8 o'clock game? Well, the people there, but I was like, I don't, I don't see that. I just, I think a noon game does help Georgia in that it keeps the, it does create a little different atmosphere um, for the, for the game. But, you know, I, I think the element of letting Georgia and having the game early and letting Georgia get done, get get back, mm-hmm. start on whatever the routine is going to be for the following Saturday as opposed to having to wait on Sunday, I think it can only help Georgia. Oh, you know Kirby's excited about a noon kickoff. Yeah, I think I think Kirby, I think he should be. Um, I think anytime you're at someone else's field, you want it to be early. You take your uh, selfishness out of wanting to have the best tailgate at an away game and you think about the team because – you're right. I mean, we beat Auburn a couple of years where maybe we shouldn't when they were kicking off at 11 a.m. Central down there at Jordan-Hare. Yeah, and the uh, the thing you like about seeing that is that, you know, you'll take any time, you'll take a 11 o'clock Central kickoff against a team like Auburn. Uh, I guess kind of my... But my the, yeah, because what, what you're getting at is that the student body, it's not like that's a raucous crowd at 3.30 or at 8 o'clock. That's probably right. I mean, you know, look, the... The book on defending Paul Johnson's offenses are to make sure you play discipline gap play, you set the edge, and you make the quarterback pay every play. And Taquan Marshall, he's been the kind of player where he's pretty slippery. I mean, I, you know, I think he got – look here. I think he got hurt early. I don't remember what game it was. He came out in one of the games early. He only got a few – must have been Jacksonville. No, they got his got show. Oh, Miami. He got – he only – uh, he only had 19 rushes against Miami in, for 95 yards. And they, they lost that game by a point. Now, they had a lot of turnover luck in that game. Um, every game since then, with the session of Clemson, where they had to start throwing pretty early, he's had Marshall, the quarterback, has had 23, 29, 22, and 20 rushes, which means I mean, he's getting in the neighborhood of a quarter of all their, their rushes. So does it worry you at all the fact – the Carrion Johnson had such success in Wildcat, and even Benny Snell last week had success in Wildcat. Because I know it's different, but still, it's the you're 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 just manning up with that quarterback. I think it's a fair question, I, and that's where I get back to setting the edge. Um, you know, I think a couple of of uh, Snell's biggest runs, best runs, came off out of the Wildcat where we um, got suckered into the middle. Uh, a couple of times with our linebackers and defensive tackles. That's exactly what the triple option does. I mean, you, you know, oftentimes they will, I mean, the thing they practice the most is handing that ball off and then pulling the ball back out of the belly and then taking off down the line and making a decision. Am I going to keep the ball? Am I going to pitch it? You have to, as the edge defenders, you have to one, make the quarterback pitch the ball, right? You just have to. And the second is you have to make him make that decision Quicker than he wants to. Progressively earlier and as the game goes on. Right. You want him to do it quicker than he wants to, always. But you absolutely have to make him make that decision earlier and earlier. Because what happens is, is that the earlier he makes that pitch, the further the running back is pitching to has to go to get a positive gain. 
And also it provides opportunity for whomever is either spying that guy or playing uh, run fit on the outside and gets up to makes a tackle. And that outside linebacker has to hit the pitch man whether he has the ball or not. Right. And, they, and, you know, that concerns me a little bit about why, after what happened in Auburn. We can't. Look, if we get down in this game, uh, especially if we get a couple scores down, and I, I'm not saying we're going to, I'm just saying it could. Um, if we get down, we have to be really disciplined because you cannot give Georgia Tech extra opportunities. That's how Georgia Tech got within a Nats hair of beating Miami. And Miami's a really good football team, right? But that's how they got within a Nats hair beating Miami is that Miami made an awful lot of errors they had no business making. I mean, defensively, Georgia Tech is meh. I mean, they have they've given up a, a fair number of yards. They're not great on. Um, they're like we I mentioned how they're not great on offensive. I mean, on defensive um, red zone completion or percentages. They're not great at all at tackles for loss. I want to say they're in the bottom ten or twelve in the country. They also give up a fair number of of long plays. Now a lot of those are passing plays, which brings us to another question: Will we see more passing out of Jake Fromm, knowing that that Georgia Tech is uh, their their weak spot is their passing defense. Because if we get in a situation where we run on first down, I mean we throw on first down. I mean we could put Georgia Tech in an impossible bind where they just they really can't they really have no right answers. We only threw on first down like three or four times out of thirty first downs last week, and you know we'll we'll noted that when we did it un- unglued or unstuck the uh, the defense. Um, I don't doubt at all that we'll see some of the same thing. The first couple of series where we're just we're not really going to throw the ball. It wouldn't surprise me if we see a series much like what we saw against Auburn that first series, but then we go back to running the ball like every you know first second in third down unless it's third and seven or eight or nine. Um, if that's the case. You know, you're giving Georgia Tech an opportunity to basically. I mean, if you look at it this way, uh, you know, Georgia's Georgia's mo in playing basketball is we want to make the game as short as possible. We want to play really aggressive defense. We want to take as many seconds off the clock on our offensive possessions as possible, uh, because a perfect game to Mark Fox is a 55-48 blowout. Right, where the game's never really close, and the only reason it's, it's seven points is because we miss a few free throws or because they hit start hitting threes at the end. That's Georgia Tech's exact same mo. They want to basically take three to seven minutes on every drive. In a perfect world, they're getting three point four yards per run uh, on average, so that they they do twelve to fourteen yard drives, um, and then they hope you make a mistake and. The, the problem with George Tech, and the reason George Tech has not been great this year, is that they've made more mistakes than other teams, and their defense is not as good as it was last year and doesn't put them in a position so that they can ca- not just capitalize on mistakes, but also keep other teams from scoring when they get the ball back. Yeah, so you're saying Ken Swilling and Pat Swilling aren't walking through that door. The Swillings are nowhere near that door. <laughs> or Willie Big Play Clay. Willie Big Play Clay. Are you serious? You just brought that up here. That's a that's amazing. It did. And one last thing about George Tech's offense, uh, and part of the reason why they have become stagnant at times, is that we mentioned the passing. They will try to hurt you with a swing pass or uh, some sort of rollout, uh, wheel route, something. Marshall's not a passer. I mean, he's only completing 38% of his passes. Um, you know, um, Ricky June is that Ricky, their, Ricky June is their, their leading game. receiver. I mean, he's at 500 yards. He has caught 23 of their 35 receptions. It's higher percentage of the targets. You know, he's a, he's a big target. He's 6'3", and he can catch the football if you get it near him. The problem is, is that 
Marshall can't get near him. I mean, look, this game has all the possibility of Georgia feasting on some some tech mistakes. And the thing I think that I like about hearing we practice this you know, winter, spring, summer, and then every week is that being ultra focused on this game means you're not you're probably not going to make the kind of mistakes that will allow you to lose this football game. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about about special teams? I mean, what about the? I mean, our kicker's better than their kicker, I would assume. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I was actually essentially was it Butker that is, was there last year. He's not there anymore. Yeah, he actually kicks for Kansas City now. He's like leading the NFL in kicks or something. They much like Georgia are a coming out of the half, uh, really good offensively coming out of the half. Um, what do you think about uh, you know making adjustments uh, to what defenses are doing? Um, defense will eventually catch up to you. The problem is they're never, never really spectacular in, on on defense and only really okay in the first quarter, abysmal in the fourth quarter. Um, uh, and then you know second down on the defense, they're not they're not great. And I do want to bring up or talk for a second about special teams. They are somewhere in the low low 90s with their special teams S&P, which is, you know, Bill Conley's um, metrics. But, uh, you know, their, their place kicker is, you know, not doing great. So I mean, you're saying Hardman might get some chances again to add to his statistics of being one of the best returners in the SEC? Punt-wise, they are um, there. I'm trying to remember who their punter is. Um, it's okay. It doesn't really matter, uh, but they're you know they they do have a Presley Harvin the third as their punt returner. Oh, he's actually their punter. Well, I was hoping he's a punt returner. A name like Harvin Presley Harvin the third sounds like the dumb you know the dumb kid, the dad of the president, of the club that hangs out at the, the golf club of the South, right? Um, maybe you know maybe sells a little weed on the side, but you know Presley Harvin the third he's he's averaging forty three yards a kick, um, which is not terrible. He puts the number inside the inside the twenty, but I'm glad you brought up. Hardman, um, it's only a matter of time before he breaks one. Yeah. And this is the kind of game where if he breaks one, the you know, the dominoes could fall where Georgia does score. So how points. would you compare and contrast him to Isaiah McKenzie? Because it seemed like McKenzie was bringing two back a year at least, maybe maybe more. He actually, I think, tied a record or something. Well, is it just his shiftiness? He's You know he's fast. I think, I think McKenzie – of course, McKenzie as a junior or senior was a much more disciplined runner. True, true. Um, I, I think I think Hardeman. Well, he never made it to senior. He he loved. Well, it. that's right. Yeah, but as a was well, sophomore and junior, he's a little more disciplined. He was a freshman, um, and I think I think we'll see that of Hardeman in a couple of years. I just think he right now he uses speed. He just runs upfield as fast as he can. Although one of the returns, he really he really read. Uh, the opening as it was going to be like his last return, like the one that came out to the 45. He did a really good job. He didn't really follow his blockers because when you run as fast as he does, you don't follow blockers. You just, he was able to see the whole field. And as he sees more of those, he is going to, there's going to come a point where he, he busts one open. It's going to happen. Um, happens this week. Makes me happy. All right. Final question. We have not really seen, and I'm not suggesting we do this. We have not really seen this offense be a trickeration offense. No real trick plays all season. You know, you could call the flea flicker a trick play, but that's kind of a standard, uh, just kind of an, an extra play. You know, it's more of a one-up play. But nothing like the Seahawks <laughs> ran last night against the Falcons, you know, with the fake, yeah, the fake yeah. punt that was terrible. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if at, some, if at some point we see one of the guys throw out of the Wildcat. It, it would be weird to do it in this game. How about, to, it? How about this? You you put uh, Hardman in motion, yeah. Maybe maybe Fromm hands it off to him behind the line, and then he runs it because he was a quarterback in high school. Yeah, I, I he, could see that. Could throw. Well, no, we tried that with uh, Godwin. Yeah, I guess we did try to throw. And maybe maybe that we, scared him yeah. off because that was such a horrible 
throw and it got picked well, off. I think, yeah, well, I think the block was, I think the blocking there was the problem. The but other anyway, th- there, there's only been like one or two tried all year. The other thing I think would be interesting to me, and I don't know if we have this play at all, so I'm just, I'm really just wishing is that for one play, you put Hardeman back there. Yeah, that's right, because he was a quarterback. Uh, you put Hardeman back there and basically make Tech defend, decide whether or not whether or not they're going to throw the ball and you put another wide receiver or you put whims out to the left or you put you basically do trips trips or quads somewhere along the way or you you know you put or do the double tight end and basically bring one across on a wheel route or something because the wheel you I mean basically what you what you don't want is you don't want one of those running backs trying to throw a precision pass downfield you're trying to get a situation where somebody's open so maybe a wheel route to Nalda if you're going to do that I think a fake Statue of Liberty play would be good. A fake Statue of Liberty play. I, I love it. I was watching a YouTube video this week with my kids because that's all they want to do on YouTube is watch fake or, you know, the best trick plays in NFL. And there was one that Dennis Dixon ran when he was at Oregon where they set it up because he did a Statue of Liberty play early in the game against Michigan and then did a fake one. Right. He held, he, he did the ball behind his back but then took off with it. Exactly. That'd be pretty cool. So, yeah, one last warning to all you people going, wear your knee braces. Um Tech fans have been known to chop block in the, or cut block in the stands. Uh, they're not afraid to do it. They typically uh, do it when they play that silly Budweiser song. Yeah, I don't. Uh, oh, oh, it's the worst. I think they do, that's their fourth quarter song. That's their fourth quarter song. Yeah. Ours is better. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, we we pretty much wasted another forty five minutes. Maybe so. maybe what we do right now is if Will does send like a moment. Yeah. Hey, like Will, send moment, your moment. A moment of two or three minutes. Do do do. We'll put do, it in do. right now. Hello, gentlemen. I come to you live from Callaway Gardens in South Georgia. There are more signs here for Auburn than there are for Georgia, which is a sad thing being here in Georgia. I'm sorry to miss the show this week. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys and all of our listeners. I will be back next week. I will be at the Georgia-Georgia Tech game with my son. The noon game makes it easier, if a little bit less fun. But we'll all be listening to the Iron Bowl on the way home I know there's this general idea because this is a rivalry game. The game is going to be closer. The game will be tight. Throw out the records, as they say. I'm afraid I do not buy it. Duke ran for more than 300 yards. Duke ran for more than 300 yards on Georgia Tech last week. Georgia's figured out its run game after a little bit of a blip for five quarters. I think they run all over Georgia Tech. I do not believe this game will be close. Final score, Georgia, 42. Georgia Tech, 17. Off to the SEC Championship game. Happy Thanksgiving, gents. Happy Thanksgiving, listeners. Happy Thanksgiving, America. Now, excuse me, I'm going to go back to my television here in Callaway Gardens where there are still Roy Moore ads running. You kind of feel sad just putting those things together, don't you? Have a good Thanksgiving. Do, 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 do. Hey, thanks, Will. That was really insightful. I hope you're having fun at Callaway Gardens. All right. You want to do the picks? Let's do the picks. Do you have them up? I do. Yeah. By the way, this week is as bad as last week was. This week is as good. Um, we will have picks for the conference championship games next week. Those of you that are still in it. And it, traditionally, I haven't done Army-Navy. Or I don't think if it goes that far, I'll still do Army-Navy, which is played the week after. 
and probably Florida State picking up a game. Oh, are they going to play that? I don't know. I, they, I think they're right now they're a pretty big favorite over Florida. If they win, I think they make it. Although I have heard rumors that Georgia Tech is shopping for a 12th game, which is funny. You know who they would have played, right? Yeah, Central Florida. UCF. No way they win They're that game. Gonna, but Central Florida wouldn't play that. No, well, I'm saying no way they would win that game if they had played it. So, you know, it is possible that, that Georgia Tech is shopping for a game against somebody to play a game. So because it was canceled due to weather, they can add it last minute? Oh, I think they can add I think they can add another game. They can add anybody? They don't have to do Central Florida? Uh I don't think they can, I don't think they add a team that's already played twelve games because they'd have NCAA you have to get an NCAA waiver. They could play Florida. Oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That would be amazing if Florida scheduled that game and then beat them. Oh wow. That's spectacular. It's not gonna happen. No. Okay. All right, so the overall standings real quick. Uh, I think we mentioned this name last week was Cad Pie. <laughs> Uh, they're in first by one point. They have nine oh three. Um, let's see. Left Coast Dog is in fifth. Uh, retired and Happy's in third. Polar Sharks. There not Wayne. It's not Wayne. It's not. Ricked Flair is in fifteenth. Will Leach is in seventeenth place. Will is bringing the heat. He's like thirty points away from first place. I'm not sure where Tony Waller is. Oh, thirty seventh. Oh, I'm okay. You're pretty good. You're about 58 points off first place, and I moved up from 144 to 136. But Shuba, I, no, I'm 131. But I still. See what happens when you set your lineup? I didn't set it. Oh. I just, I just picked it. And I'm, you know what? I'm going to keep doing that wrong this week as well. Because when when I exit out of this, it's like the whole saving thing. I don't go back. <laughs> All right, so I, um, I'm just going to read this as it stands right here. This is in terrible order. I'm going to move. Yeah, we have, we have, a, I know we have a Friday game or maybe two Friday games. In, okay. I'll put the Friday. No. Okay. So we're going to go in chronological order. We're going okay. to go Thursday, Friday, Friday, and then the Saturday games. We have one Thursday game, two Friday games. All right. So Thursday is the egg bowl. Egg bowl. Yeah. Mississippi's really not playing for anything other than beating Mississippi state again. This game has all the makings of being the wildest game of the week because Mississippi is going to do everything, every crazy play you've heard of. They're going to give zero shits because they're not playing a bowl game. Even if they were eligible, they're not playing a bowl game. I mean, I think Mississippi State's going to win because I think they have that much more talent. But, man, do not watch Detroit. Watch this football game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's a 16.5-point spread. And, you know, Mississippi State bounced back after that tough loss. You know, you know that loss to Alabama has got to be deflating. You know, there's a lot of times where Alabama beat you twice. Yeah, they beat I came close. Field. I mean, they yeah. they fiddled fart around with Arkansas. They did. they did. So I think I think they win, but don't cover uh, Mississippi State or the Egg Bowl. Egg Bowl. Um, traditional game. This this just reeks of tradition year after year. Missouri at Arkansas. <laughs> I think Missouri is going to score too many points for them. Missouri is good. I've been saying it every week. They start out one and five. They've won five in a row. Barry <clears throat> Odom's even getting mentioned for potential coach of the year if Nick Saban doesn't win. The SEC. Let me tell you something. That is a. Uh, they probably will look back at that Georgia game as a get right game. I don't know. I don't. I, I haven't paid enough attention to Missouri football to know what happened. But they came in here and um, they figured some things out offensively that they have replicated and have been putting up points. Yeah, I'm going to go with Missouri as well. They're going to end up being seven and five on the year. That's impressive. That means they're going to play in some place like the uh, like. Like Music City layer. or Tax Layer, yeah. yeah. They're going to be in that. I won the, the six-pack bowls. Um, all right, the teams that will only play 11 games this year, South Florida at UCF. 
who would have thought that UCF South Florida would mean more in the national landscape than Florida State FSU? So is this going to be the team that represents? Well, the UCF, if UCF loses, it knocks probably knocks them out of that spot. Sure, there are a couple other teams. Ranks thirteenth, and South Florida's twenty second. Uh, I'll have to look at the rankings, but uh, whatever your fun office pools rankings. Yeah, are. so. I think UCF wins this game, but if they don't, I mean, you're talking about a situation where it could be a different team playing, which is important to us because we would end up, if Georgia does not win the SEC championship, all signs point to us playing whatever that the group of six team is, in, a group of five that team sucks. is in, ah, I don't care, whatever, in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Um, right now, Memphis is ranked ahead of USF. It will be interesting to see if they... One, drop UCF below Memphis, and two, move South Florida up above both of them, considering where they are at 20. Uh, and they go by the bowl, they go by the BCS, or the bowl for college football playoff, uh, playoff rankings. rankings. Yeah. So, so who so, do you think is going to win? UCF. I do too. I think Scott Frost is going to <laughs> basically pad his resume to get a, an awesome job. And probably, probably Nebraska. Probably. Also, Charlie Strong could end up in another Power 5 uh, after this season. Arkansas? Uh, Oh, man, I don't know if they're ready for him in Arkansas. He hadn't been fired yet, has he? Who, Charlie Strong? Burt. Burt? No. No. Pour the out for Burt, y'all. All right, uh, another sad game. Florida State at Florida. Four and six versus four and six. I mean, really? That's This is incredible. It kicks off when the Tech-Georgia game kicks off. Ooh, I said it wrong. That's fine. Sorry. Um, I mean, I think FSU wins this game, but... It is really hard to pick this game just because both teams were just in shambles, right? I mean, I, like I said, I think if SU wins, this game is in Gainesville, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that makes it a little closer than it would have been, but I still think FSU wins. Well, FSU, uh, last game, they beat Delaware State pretty bad, 77-6. I didn't even know that game happened, but um, I think uh, FSU is going to win this game because Florida's just, at least FSU has its same coaching staff intact. Yeah. Louisville at Kentucky. I think it's sad that Lamar Jackson's not getting any mentions for the Heisman. And I think it's sad for a lot of reasons. First off, only reason when the Heisman came out like gangbusters and then cooled off in the season, no one else stepped up. He's got nearly identical stats as last year on a worse team. That just means he's not getting the notice um, that he probably should. Having said that, I'm going to pick Kentucky. Kentucky beat them last year. I, I just think Kentucky has a little better defense and probably brings a little more to the table with that run game than than what Louisville can produce right now. Strangely enough, they're missing Todd Grantham and Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> right? I still pick Kentucky. It's, it's strange that Louisville's favored by 10.5 points, and it's in Lexington. Yeah. it's they're, Kentucky's good. No one's believing in Kentucky. I, I believe in them. I think Kentucky's going to win. Uh, high State, Michigan, nine and two versus eight and three. I just can't believe that Ohio State is still in the talks. It's like they're always just grandfathered in as even a two-loss team. So I want to see Michigan win this game. I think they will win this game. Uh, fingers crossed. Really, actually, I don't think they won because they lost their third best quarterback last week. But um, I really don't want to see Urban Meyer crash the party. Yeah, I don't know what happens. How the big. 10 East Championship or representative works out. But if Michigan wins this game, they will be 6-2. and two. 
uh, six and three. Ohio State will be six and two. I'm sorry, seven and two. Penn State, and Michigan State have games to play yet, but um, I don't know if Penn State plays. Let's take a peek at that. Uh, but yeah, the potential have three teams tied at six and two in the conference, with the possibility possibility of Michigan State playing in the championship game against Wisconsin, which is just crazy. That being said, I just I, and, until Harbaugh does it, I just don't see him. He hasn't beat he hasn't beat a good team this no, season. No, remember we put that stat up that yeah. Butch Jones had basically the same record. Yeah, I mean he, he he's he's moved past that with and really Butch Jones has pulled pulled backwards away from him. But I can't see Michigan win that game. But man, it would do my heart well right if he if they did. Yeah, it's not often you pull for Michigan. No, I'm not really pulling for Michigan. I'm just pulling against Ohio State. I hear you. All right, so what do you think about the Apple Cup? A really interesting game. Where is that game? Uh, it's in Seattle. Man, I really want to pick Mike Leach here. Let's talk about Mike Leach going to Arkansas. I think the SEC would be, better, be a better place with Mike Leach. It would be right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Cougs. I'm gonna pick uh, UW mainly because my middle child loves Washington. And he associates with anything with a W on it. So, um, and they go by dogs. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Washington for no apparent reason other than that. Uh, Notre Dame at Stanford. Do we want Notre Dame to win? To we don't really. It doesn't matter anymore because Georgia takes care of itself if it wins out. I can get mod- I think there's a modicum of. Could it rank higher in the seating if Georgia does? Beat no, Tech I, don't, and- I think I think what it does is provide another little plank in the. Georgia is good enough to be in the playoffs or good enough to be seated. I mean, realistically, if you're not seated fourth, second and third are the same. Right. <laughs> what color jersey you wear in the Rose Bowl or, or wherever you play. I think Notre Dame wins this game. The The interesting thing and the thing that continues to concern me is how people are running the ball against them. Bryce Love still, still playing at full strength. I'd be really hard-pressed to pick against Stanford, but right now I'm going to say Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favored by two and a half, and just based on what I've seen this year, I'm going to pick Notre Dame because I haven't seen a Stanford game this year. <laughs> Pac-12, you just, it's, they aren't on TV at a decent time. Well, they are until they are late. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm usually over it by then. They're, it's just not an interesting brand of football. You know, Oregon's not any fun to watch anymore. You know, Washington State's on at weird times. There's no name recognition like there used to be. There's just no star power, really. I mean, really, USC, UCLA was the only one. It was just because of the two quarterbacks. Yeah, I think I think you hit on something. Because they play a really – offensively, they don't have a lot of – it's very bland. Um, Washington State can be interesting, especially when they're lighting it up. But otherwise, you – I mean, you, who's going to watch Utah and Colorado play? Yeah, it's, it's just not – I think that's right. But uh, people say the same thing about the SEC, right? It's just like, you know, raw defense and blah, blah, blah. But No, they, they just have a bias against the SEC. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, okay. they're just jealous. Fine by that. Yeah. All right, Vanderbilt at Tennessee. I mean, four hey. weeks ago, I'd said, Tennessee, I'd said Commodores and I even held my nose about it. But they have looked terrible the past three weeks. Just really out of sorts. I mean, Mason has played himself back into possibly being on the hot seat. I heard an interesting stat. Both Tennessee and Vanderbilt are – are four and seven. They're both also zero and seven in the SEC. Are you serious? They've only won non-conference games, and Tennessee almost lost to UMass. So, I mean, their points, their road schedule, their road records are about the same. I was sitting here looking for anything to hang my hat on. Think on about the- how bad Alabama beat Vanderbilt and how bad Alabama beat Tennessee. 
common opponent. Also with Georgia, they you know Vanderbilt scored fourteen points on Georgia. Yeah, um, it's really it's it's impossible to pick this game because they're both putrid offenses and defenses. And I guess if you're going to make me pick a team, I will pick uh, Tennessee because the roads. Tony's in, holding the his games nose. in Knoxville by and really hold my nose. Yeah, I mean Tennessee's played closer games against some of the same teams, so I guess give me Tennessee. I'm going to pick Vanderbilt just because I want to see Tennessee continue to lose. And just strictly that, because I have more beef against Tennessee than I do Vanderbilt. Yeah. Simple as that. I can see that. Uh, Clemson at South Carolina. Stakes are high for the Tigers here. You don't want them to see them. Yeah, I mean, they... I mean, they could. You do that, that opens up the really the... The Ohio State factor. Well, Ohio State, and also maybe... Maybe Alabama if they lose to Auburn. True. I mean, that's an interesting game. I don't think... So, so let me ask you this. Say Clemson loses to South Carolina. Yes. And then Clemson beats Miami. Does Miami get the chance to lose? No, I don't think so. I think I think you take Clemson before you take um, you take Clemson. Before no, you. no, I'm saying... No, you would, you would take Clemson even with two losses. If you're going to put a two-loss team in, I still think you take Clemson over... Or you certainly take them over Miami. Um, whether you take them over... An Ohio State team that does not play in the Big Ten Championship, or a, um, I guess I can't, uh, a Wisconsin that loses in the Big Ten Championship, or a Miami, an Alabama with one loss that does not play in the SEC Championship. Because that precedent was set last year. Right. So you you really do have um, you that their decision becomes harder. So the College Football Playoff Committee wants Clemson to win this game badly. Well, they would like to not have to make the decision right. otherwise. I think they will win. I think South Carolina will put up a good fight, but I don't see them beating Clemson. Whether it's in Columbia or in Death Valley, and this one is in Columbia, but I don't see them putting up that much of a fight. Yeah, this game could be interesting. I just don't see it being interesting it's enough. It's my game. Yeah. So, hockey's going to be out there growing. Yeah, I just don't see it being interesting enough. All right, and in LSU. Man. This is someone's last. Stand. I think this is probably someone's last game. You've been saying he's going to leave on his own because he's fed up. With I don't think he's getting fired. Um, I mean, I guess it's possible if he gets waxed by LSU and then loses their ball game, but I just don't see that happening. I mean, this game is. I, I I can't pick against LSU the way they played. They played ball on the road now. They played ball at home. But you know, I think I think AM's going to play a really interesting game just because they I think they know they're playing for the coach. Yeah. I still pick LSU, but Yeah, I think I think LSU's gonna win. I, I just can't believe that they keep winning and I, I mean they're only in three, but the way they have one with Danny Etling, the quarterback and Ed O'Jean as their coach. It's just it's just a head scratcher. I mean yeah. if they would if, if LSU would develop a quarterback Yeah if, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess they're gonna have a new one next year when Georgia goes down there. Well they're gonna have a new one every year, it feels like. It feels like it. All right, Iron Bowl. I mean, what do you say about this? It's it's, it's a de facto quarterfinal. Yeah, probably, or at least for the maybe for the. I don't. I mean, I still be. think Alabama can lose and and make the playoffs. Um, I, I, do, I do too. You got the pedigree. You got the eleven zero record. I mean, they 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 would be losing on the road to a really good Auburn team. Alabama's favored by four and a half. Yeah, I just don't think. Look, Alabama. I mean, Auburn had to play – they played their best game of the season against Georgia, and it looked like it. I mean, Georgia did not play a great game, but they also forced Georgia into playing a bad game. Um, I, I don't think they're going to do that against Alabama. This game's going to be really close. It's going to be a really fun game. I think Alabama wins it. 
Yeah, I, I think Alabama does win also just based on, I mean, call it experience, even though it's not really. But, you know, Jalen Hurts is just so calming. I, I paused it the other day when, when we were watching it, when they were down at um, Mississippi State, because I was watching it with Jack and Walker. And I said, look, because I'm trying to give life life lessons to my nine-year-old yeah. Walker. Because well, it's, he, uh, it's he's time. super competitive, super duper, duper competitive. And his emotions are on his sleeve, whether he's playing soccer or kicking the ball in the yard. Well, I saw that when he took the flop against Charlie in, in flag football. <laughs> yeah. So I was showing him, Jalen Hurts, about how cool he is, whether he just scored a touchdown or if he threw an interception. And he is. He is the epitome of cool under fire. Yeah. And I think that quality that he has leading that team and having been there before, barely losing the national championship last year, I think that's what puts them over Auburn this year. And frankly, I'd rather play Alabama in the championship game anyway. Well, you bring up an interesting point. Somebody asked me who I'd rather play. And a lot of people, I want Auburn again. I was like, ah, you know, here's the thing. I mean, would it be nice to face Auburn again? Because, yes, it would be nice to face Auburn again. Put them on the revenge tour. Put them on the revenge tour, right? But here's the thing. There is always going to be this thing until we beat Alabama. There will always be this thing. We can win the national championship this year, but if we don't play Alabama, there's always going to be this thing, right? Because there is an element of the to be the best, you have to beat the best. Um, and whether we, we like it or not, Alabama has been the gold star standard in college football for at least 10 years. And look, if Auburn knocks them off, then we knock Auburn off. We can say we have a transitive win or whatever. But until we beat Alabama, there's always going to be that nagging question. And it will be a huge narrative talking point over the last, over the whatever it is, saying, well, yeah, but, you know, didn't have to face Alabama. Right. Um, now, having said that, that, that has nothing to do with the pick I made um, because I, I, I just think Alabama's going to win. But, you know, I, until we beat Alabama, it's always going to be that question. Right. Okay. Georgia at Georgia Tech. Georgia's favored by 11 and a half. Seems right, I guess. Tech's five and five. I mean, I, I would not have predict, predicted them to be five and five this year. They, what, what, you thought they'd be better? I thought they'd be better. Okay. I mean, I thought they'd be you know seven and four or you know yeah. eight and three, something like that, but not five and five. Yeah, uh, yeah. That UCF game's thrown in there, unless like, something magical happened. Yeah. So I mean, Tech's fighting for their bowl lives. A poor bowl uh, they'd be fighting for, but a bowl nonetheless. Maybe like uh, the Motor City Bowl or someplace out in El Paso. But I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I think. This is going to definitely be a four-quarter game. I mean, I've been to a lot of the home games in Athens the past couple of years, and that's kind of what they are. I think there's going to be a lot of frustration. I think there's going to be a lot of hand-wringing. Um, and I think this is going to be one of those low-scoring 20-13 to 13 games where Georgia pulls it out in the end and you're going to you know, wipe your brow and kind of fight your way out of there. Not not literally, but with the the erector set that you'll be watching it in. Um, yeah, I think I think the dogs are going to win it, but it's going to be it's going to be a nail biter, and it's not going to be fun just because of that daggum offense and how they're so opportunistic at weird times. I've just seen it happen way too many times in the recent past, and um, I'm not going to be all boastful like I have been in my picks this entire year. I know I just sound like we lose the game. We don't no, lose the game. We no, the I, game. I, I get what you're saying. Um, 11 points feels like a, a little bit of a sucker bet. They're trying. It feels like they're trying to get you to move money to tech. 
I feel like this is going to be a 35-17 Georgia win. We have some turnover luck. It could be bigger. They have some turnover luck. It could be closer. They have a lot of turnover luck. It could be way too close. But I mean, 35-17 feels about right. I mean, if Georgia Tech has scored consistently about 20 points against the good defenses that they played. I think we're a little better than any defense they faced. And we play the kind of defense that we should play against them. You know, we're going to hold them to a, you know, a touchdown, a couple of field goals, two touchdowns and a field goal. Uh, and I think we're going to get our points. I just, I, George Tech has not shown the ability to stop people when they, when they really get going. Um, the, the only thing that concerns me is Jake Fromm having a, a really, truly horrendous freshman game and giving Tech extra opportunities. And I just, I, I don't, we haven't seen that. And I don't expect to see it this week. So we have any reviews? We're just we do, but I'm going to wait to read it. Oh, because we want we want Will's. We want Will. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know what? I read it, and y'all can y'all can go to iTunes and read it too. It's it's another you know novel, but it's really good. It's very nice, guys. And, um, by the way, yeah. By the way, I I am I am new to the review game, um, but I have because you know Will mentioned you know look, I get lots he gets lots of reviews because he does 42 podcasts, um, but. I did go back and look at some reviews in other places, and y'all are doing yeoman's work on these reviews because most of them are really three lines. Love you guys. Great review. I mean, great uh, great podcast. Or, um, yeah, the audio is terrible, but I like what you say. Or, you guys suck. I mean, literally, it is that way. Even the, even the not great reviews, y'all are taking the time to um, – it's only really been one. Um, um, but yeah, it's still taking the time to really put thought into it, and we appreciate that. That's why we think we have the smartest uh, podcast listeners in, um, in in the Georgia football bloggers, uh, podosphere. Is it a podosphere thing? If you want to call that. Yeah, sure. So, But we appreciate it. It's, uh, yeah, so next week, the preview of the SEC championship. SEC championship. Yeah, so we we are working on something. We're not sure we can pull it together. We'll have to, we'll have to talk about it and see, but... Stay tuned because it's possible that we uh, we're doing something uh, a live show. live show in Athens. Uh, we're working on it. We we're, it's not we can't, we can't say where it's going to be. Well, we can say where it's going to be. We're not one hundred percent certain we're going to do it then because there's some oh, question okay, about whether or not we're going to do it. And if we do it, it's going to be at the Rook and Pond. Um, right. It's going to be at the Rook and Pond. Shout out Tim Kelly. Yeah, our friend our friend Tim Kelly um, is uh, has graciously agreed to host. The problem right now is we're trying to figure out whether we're going to do it now or we're going to we're going to do something end of season or whatever. Is it mainly because of Will's schedule? I think it has to do with Will's schedule. He's yeah. a lot. He's yeah. a lot more. He has this. I don't know. This day job that yeah. requires him to fly to New York and do like, TV and all his writing for the New York. I don't know yeah. some crap. Um, I mean, I was busy too, but yeah, no. I mean, look, I, I get it. I'm, you know, I got a yard to rake. Um, so I don't really don't have a yard to rake because I'm better than that. Uh, I'm better at life than that. But you know, I, we we hope to have a live show at some point. Um, it, whether we will have it before uh, the SEC championship remains to be seen. You're Scott. You're going over the SEC championship. Do you know yet? If I get tickets, if you get tickets, yeah. yeah. So right, right now it looks like we're uh, we're all planning. Uh, we all hope to go to the SEC championship. I have my tickets lined up. Uh, you do I, have tickets lined. I up. do have tickets lined up. I know Will. Um, I don't know if he has bought them yet, but he has made a firm commitment that he's going to spend the money on them um, unless his wife tells him he can't. Um, she wouldn't do that. Yeah, I don't think so. She's she's, yeah. she's, a, she's the actual Georgia fan. She, she is actually Georgia. the Georgia fan. Yeah. Uh, a lot so, of people don't know that his Will. Uh, the, you know, we have indoctrinated him. And that term comes up a lot, especially in our reviews. But he's—it's legit. I mean, he's by marriage a Georgia fan. Yeah, and but he's—I have to say—he's taken to it very he has, well. He has. And, um, 
So, you know, guys, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for uh So what are you, what are you cooking Thanksgiving? for Thanksgiving? Doing them frying a turkey. Uh, my mom's making cornbread dressing. We're going to do, you know, traditional Midwestern uh, mashed potatoes with no gravy because, you know, you bland. You can only get so bland. And then Brussels sprouts. Uh, what else are we having, Kristen? I'm looking at the wife. She's mad because I made a comment about how bland food is in the Midwest. Um, so you had a conversation about having noodles at Thanksgiving. So we're going to cut your microphone off. Um, the uh, yeah, one well, okay. Uh, what are y'all doing? Well, we got uh, my wife's family coming to town, and they're actually showing up tomorrow. I think. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's going to be an extended uh, Thanksgiving, and I have a pork loin. That I'm going to start tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do my best Tony impression of smoking it for about 11 hours, like low it. and slow, and then I'm going to I'm going to let it rest. Is that what I need to do? I rest. I'm going to cover it up, then and then the day after, yep, we're going to cut into it. Yeah, ma'am. Is that is that how I should do it? Yeah, you want to go real slow with pork loin because it can get dry. Yeah, like what? what really? Like 200? Uh, 225? No, no one. Oh, one ninety. If you can get away see, with it, I don't even know. I need two hundred. Two hundred is not bad. Two hundred is not bad. Are you gonna you're gonna wrap it? Should I? Yes. Always okay. always wrap before you go in. Okay. Always wrap. Maybe before I should just have you come over and cook it. Or, or <laughs> Bernie. Yeah, yeah. Bernie, come over. Bernie, come um, I think I texted. I tweeted him last year for advice, and he he was spot on and, and gave it to me. And it turned out great. What you do is you cook it. Um, you cook it for four or five hours and wrap it. You'll you'll. Preserve a lot of the moisture on it. So. Okay. Well, then maybe I'll do that. Yeah. It just um, sounds better to say it. I'm going to do it for 11 or 12 hours. Yeah, it does. I mean, frankly, it's just drinking time. But, yeah. yeah, um, yeah we, we host here. So, And I'm going to be I'm actually staying in Atlanta uh, this trip, uh, doing a little little weekend getaway. So, I don't know. You, we'll, be, we'll be there. I'll be the big guy wearing red at George Tech. <laughs> You're looking at me like, I don't understand what that means. No, no, I just couldn't think of anything else to say. Oh, okay, well, let them say go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. I think I made a mistake when I referenced the last time I was at Bobby Dodd to watch a Georgia game. I made mention that it was a dog's victory in 1999. I think I was thinking about the 1997 game when the dogs won 27-24. to On paper, Georgia lost the 99 game, but I guess I still hold on to the fact that Jasper was down. Nevertheless, if you'd like to reach out to our show, you can tweet us at WSLS Podcast. Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or comment on our episode on SoundCloud. You can do that. Did you know that? We just found that out last week. Basically, there are many ways you can get in touch with us, even via Instagram and Facebook. Just search WSLS Podcast. The three of us will be back on Monday with our post-game show. And for those of you interested in meeting up with us for our upcoming live show, we'll provide details as soon as we figure out what we're going to do. So stay tuned. Safe travels to the big city this weekend. Enjoy your tailgating and keep your eyes peeled for the three of us somewhere on Tech's campus. We will be there as well. Happy Thanksgiving to all and to all a go dogs. That was corny, but we're going to roll with that. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.